Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's so nice um, to meet you. We've been chatting on email. My name's Ian. This mm-hmm. is Catherine. Hi. Um, and be, be, before before we we start, we've we've been obsessed with uh, Eclipse. So Owen has written a, a great book, which I started reading. I'm up to 1973 and a half. And Owen has written a great Ooh. book about George Harrison in the 1970s. Um, and knowing that you were coming on, we kind of got a little bit obsessed with um i've got to change everything because we're doing this we got a little bit obsessed talking about dark horse with with dark horse right and and Good this album. is this is the clip that mm-hmm. um we we cannot stop watching here we go not this bit this is an advert for a bank or something we don't like these clips. we don't like these guys no this 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 clip here this 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 bit is just That bit there, that to me is, and for for those who missed it, here it is again. Let's jump into George Harrison in uh, 1974. It's, it's, Mm. um, Owen, it's nice to meet you. Uh, Why a book about George Harrison in the 1970s? Well, because there's a lot about Paul and John, and I don't think there's enough about George. And as as you've said, he's a very handsome, brooding man. He is the weird thing because I mean, listen, I love, I love, I'm, I love the Beatles. Catherine loves the Beatles. Everyone loves the Beatles even more after after Get Back. Yeah. And and George came across in that as unhappy i guess unhappy is the vibe was, you could tell there was stuff going on with him yeah there was a weird vibe with mm-hmm. a kind of a feeling of um resentment mostly towards paul mccartney quite obviously yeah mm. and 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 there's miserable except when lord billy of preston wanders oh, his in face lit up. and then he mm. kind of comes out it, the, the the end of the beatles and the beginning of george harrison's solo career the 70s there's there's a lot going on there right hmm Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he was a little fed up by the end of of the Beatles. I think he was the one of the four of them who seemed unbothered by the breakup. And I think he was he, he I think his one compromise was he was going to record All Things Must Pass, even if he was still with the Beatles. Right. But it was coming out anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He's gone. We can say something. No, I was going to say. So, what what was the dynamic? What was it that was going on behind the scenes that led to him being such a sulky bugger in the <laughs> end of Get Back? I think he was just been to America and he was hanging out with Dylan and Robbie Robertson. Yeah. And they they respected his songwriting. And he came back to came back to England, and John's not interested in his work, and Paul needs to do ten of his songs before he does any George songs, and he probably thinks, well, if Dylan likes me, why can't you guys? The seventies are weird, right? Because <clears throat> at the beginning of the seventies, it's George and Ringo are the big stars. They're the one having the hits, the the multi platinum mm. triple album, you know, the wonderful photograph and and all of those wonderful Ringo stuff, back off Boogaloo, all those wonderful stuff, and John and John and Paul are the ones that are kind of, I mean, they, they have big albums as well, but they're mm-hmm. kind of struggling to find their feet. But George was all, George was all ready to go. He had like 500 songs already written that the Beatles weren't interested in. that's because he's, he's already counting on himself at that point? Those two need each other in a way, whether they really need each other or they just feel like they need each other because they've kind of grown up together writing songs. Yeah. George is already not counting on anyone anymore. He's ready to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. Well, Paul's been on record saying that his confidence was shot when the Beatles broke. I mean, for uh, in 1970, he went up to Scotland and spent some a few months drinking yeah. uh, before he got his act together and Linda helped him. Uh, yeah, I think I think because George had all these great songs stockpiled that everyone said they're great, but George Martin or Paul McCartney or John Lennon simply weren't interested in them. And it took someone like Phil Spector to say, no, these songs are amazing. And took and John Leckie, who engineered the album, and all these people to say, these are great songs. Bizarrely, I was having an email exchange with John Leckie's son-in-law before lockdown. I, I live in a place called near Prince's Risborough. And John Leckie's son-in-law runs the um, snooker club. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Prince's Ris- that. yeah, it did. And I was like, we were emailing and... Um, he 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 said something about oh I I don't know if you know my father-in-law John Leckie I'm, John Leckie well, I'm, I'm XTC's biggest fan of course I know of course I know John Leckie and the, the going into into all things must pass this huge huge phenomenon everybody was in there there's a young like a teenage Phil Collins there's Peter Frampton mm. there's Badfinger there's John Leckie there's all of these people and I think it's interesting he went from you know playing second or third fiddle in the Beatles, which was lead guitar, but to going into this huge thing where everybody was, it was kind of like a party almost. Mm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, well, I interviewed John Leckie in 2018 for We Are Cult, and uh, he said that, that that was what it was that, like, I mean, instead of having four Beatles, let's bring everybody in. Yeah. It's weird as yeah. well. You know, for a moment, for a brief moment, George Harrison was the biggest rock and roll star in the world. And mm-hmm. he, for a period, he could do no wrong. You know, it, it, you cannot underestimate how huge All Things Must Pass is. Although, I'm going to say it, I've never listened to Disc 3. I've never listened to The Jam. I have no interest in it whatsoever at all. Um, but from that to the concert for Bangladesh, excuse me, that's my friend, to... These were huge, huge things that kind of that, that were were the biggest things in rock for two two or three years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I would go as far as uh, living in the material world in 1973. I mean, he had a huge hit with "Give Me Love," uh, yep. "Give Me Peace on Earth." I think where it comes toppling down is 74 with Dark Horse, where his marriage ends, uh, his best mate has walked off with his wife, he's got a cocaine problem, he's drinking too much, his vocals are shot, and he's lost confidence in himself. 
from a commercial point of view anyway. You're the first person I've heard say about his, like publicly, who's who's researched the Beatles to talk about him doing cocaine, because mm. I don't mm. think it's, I think it's nodded at in that um, docu- yeah. living in the material world documentary, and it's obvious as an ex cocaine addict, it's obvious the gauntness, the the raspy voice, um, you know, mm. just the, just the, he's a skeleton. But so is that we know that, do we? That he was abusing cocaine. Yes. Yes, uh, I, I, yes. Patty Boyd, his his ex wife, has said on, uh, that he, that she, I think I, she said that I, that around seventy three, seventy four, there was a change in personality, and she thought it was about the cocaine. I think I put it in the book. I haven't got that far yet. <clears throat> I'm loving it. I, got, okay. I started reading it today, and <clears throat> you're right. Everybody knows Paul McCartney in the seventies. Oh, it was Wings. Everyone knows John Lennon. Oh, he did Imagine, then he baked bread for five years. You know, everyone knows that story, however accurate they may or may not be. But but there's after after Bangladesh and living in the material world, it was a big hit. I didn't realize it. I think it got to one in the states and two over here, or maybe the other way around. <clears throat> but no one remembers that record. Yeah, it's a shame because it's a very it's a. It's a very, very mature album for a guy who was only 30. I mean, it, uh, I mean the lyrics are phenomenal, very far-reaching, but I think it's very sparse, So it's and it's quite uncompromising. So I think that's what I had going against it. It's not a, it doesn't have the, the lushness of All Things Must Pass. Um, and then after that, the, the, the rest of the album, to be honest, do you know what? I hadn't listened to the, the George Harrison albums after that until lockdown actually i got i got a box set and i thought i would steam through these and they all have some really really good stuff on i'm a big fan of gone tropo the song and the album i i love Ooh. gone tropo i think it's a great nonsense song but it's all, it's almost like he gave up after after a while i don't know if he gave up he gave a brilliant quote in 75 where he just said i'm i'm not doing it for fame i just want to i want the art to i'm paraphrasing but he said something along the lines of it's not about commercial successes if i'm happy with the art and i think that was his his goal but he did come back in a seven with um, a smash it album cloud nine which i actually don't think is very good because it is so kind of 80s rock Cloud9, it, it, it always amazes me. The Beatles worked with, I may say something controversial here, Owen. The Beatles worked mm. with the greatest producer, certainly for their sound, George Martin. Wonderful, genius, mm. without a doubt, the fifth Beatle. Yes. And then they all went off and worked with what I would consider two of the worst producers, Phil Spector and Jeff Lynne. They, you know, they, I, I, I don't dig. You know, Be My Baby is, is, is great. But the, the, the stuff that Spectre did, the rock and roll album, you know, okay, it worked with All Things Must Pass, but Spectre and Jeff Lynne, it just... Did you recoil then, I <laughs> I what I saw? <laughs> He's about to hang up this call. Who am I talking to these idiots <laughs> for? What? I, it's, I, I think the rock and roll album is just, uh, it's overblown and over, and it's great. I share your opinion. It's not a very good album, uh, but I think many people think because it's the last John Lennon studio album before Double Fantasy, they yeah. put it on a, on a higher pedestal. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, I think all things must pass. I think the the opera behind the, the songs helps with that opulence. But yeah. I, I, in other elements, I don't think, I, even like John Lennon's How, I don't think it needed those vibrato strings or those... I think that I think it's all there in John's song. Yeah. I mean, he could have just sung it on piano. I never forget when um, <clears throat> I got my mind set on you, yeah. which was like his comeback, shall we say? I think he got to number yeah. two in the UK, and I remember my mum saying, "So this when was it? About eighty six or something, I think." 
And my mum's saying, 87, okay. And my mum's saying, uh, I hope he gets a number one. He's had a lot of bad luck. And I never asked her what, what she meant by that, but she felt so, there was a real kind of sympathy for him. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... I, he always w- struck me as a sort of person who marched to do his own drum, really. Oh, I'm sure, he did, I'm sure he didn't give a shit what my mum thought, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realise people felt sorry for she, him. I know we're going slightly out of your decade, but um, that comeback was weird. You know, that... The brilliant When We Was Fab and that incredible video. And if you've never seen the video for When We Was Fab, go and watch that. It's a, it's a masterpiece, you know, full of it, yeah. it's supposedly. Well, it's not. But everyone thought that the, the guy dressed up as the walrus was Paul. Um, and then he he did that big, huge hit, did the Travelling Wilburys and then kind of just went, oh, fuck it. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, no, that's that's I, I agree with that summation. He. Uh, he seemed to get bored of the Wilburys. I mean, yeah. uh, by even by the second album or the third album, it just, uh, I mean, I don't think he contributed any songs to that album, uh, uh, whereas he's all over the first one. Yeah. I think that was something with George, uh, that he was very hot and cold. He was either invested in a project or he didn't want to be in a project. And I think we can see it and get back that he just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's, I have to talk. This is, this is the whole reason I got in touch with you. The 1974 Dark Horse Tour. It should have been the biggest rock and roll experience. It should have mm-hmm. taken him to godlike status. He was close, but mm-hmm. it should have taken him to godlike status. But it was a, it was a disaster, wasn't it? Oh, complete, yeah. Complete disaster. I, I, I don't think George helped because he frequently berated the audience. Uh, he, he said to them that he, that he, at one interview, he said he'd die for God, but not for rock and roll. You know, he criticized the audiences for not digging the, the material. And first of all, he played in my life and something in a very, very different fashion to the records, which is an unforgivable sin. I mean, uh, it's you just don't do that on a single. So it seems when I listen to it, I I, I admire his bravado and his bra- bravery for you know, uh, for things up. He might be better off doing that in Europe, not in America, where I think in places like Paris and London they might have been up for yeah. you know, 
a, a, a long sitar instrumental, which he did with Ravi Shankar, or, you know, a, a slightly bluesier version of What Is Life and something, but in America, they just didn't dig it. That's cocaine for you. That, well, that is, co- that, that is cocaine. That raspiness is bad treatment of your but voice, also, and it is But also co- the attitude of, I'm doing this, <clears throat> yeah. don't you realise how brilliant it but is? But the set, because there's, there's, yeah. there's, there's footage from, I don't know if it's Madison Square Garden, one of the concerts, there is some footage, that professionally shot footage, and it looks amazing. You know, that's that clip that we, pl- mm. we played there. It, it, it looks amazing. You know, the whole setup is incredible. The stage looks fantastic. You've got Billy Preston there, who's kind of saving the show. Um, yeah. But that stuff's never going to, that video's never going to get released, is it? Probably not. There was talks of doing a live album, but that was binned at one point, uh, prob- for, probably for obvious reasons, that he's riding on such a high, and then he's got this such a huge disaster. And the reviews were pretty savage. Yeah. I mean, especially so he took great umbrage with what they... He attacked them on the next album with that song. This song, he personally names them out in one of his lyrics. Yeah. My, uh, I had the opportunity to see George Harrison live at the Royal Albert Hall. Nice. In, nice. Um, I would guess, was that 89, 90, 1991, 90, yeah. probably? He was doing a concert yeah. for the Natural Law Party. And, um, Two of my friends went. Do you want to come? Do you want to come see George Harrison at the Royal Apple? Nah, nah, I'm, nah. I'm not bothered. And what a, what a fucking stupid mistake that, that was, you know. And um, there's videos of it floating around. Mm. And he's he's never, you know. I quite like that live in Japan album, even though it's it's mm. kind of workmanlike. He, he he was not the greatest. He's not the most relaxed live performer. Although I guess in Bangladesh, there's you know when he's doing a handful of songs, there's some good stuff. Well, yeah, but the pressure wasn't on him in Bangladesh because there were so many people. Ringo does a song, Bob Dylan does a few songs, uh, Preston does a song, Clapton's doing most of the guitar work. So, I mean, he, he only had to do a few numbers. Yeah. I think it was... He did, like, I think another thing with uh, the, the 1974 tour was he'd never sung so much in his life because yeah. John and Paul did most of the heavy lifting as a live outfit. So that might also have contributed to his, his rocky vocals. Where are we on Lennon at Bangladesh? Because he, he said he didn't want to fly in. He was in wherever he was. He didn't mm-hmm. want to fly in. But then the other story is he insisted that Yoko perform and George went, nah, not even that. I think there's probably both. Uh, it may have been that Lennon made a cover story say, and, you know, tried to say, oh, I couldn't be bothered. Or 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 it, or it might have just been Lennon, Lennon's laziness or... It may have been the pressure of, of, of performing with three of the Beatles. Uh, there's a myriad of reasons, but it's well known that George didn't hold Yoko in the highest of regards, so there might be some truth to that. It's a shame because, I mean, I mean, her Plastic Ono band album is probably better than her husband's. <laughs> um, and he, but he, he was a miserable bastard, right? What was I... Oh, there is a George Harrison biography came out a couple of years ago. And mm. um, and by the way, if you've got that, get this as well. The the the, the two do not cross over, you know, too much. It's, mm. This is a great great read, and we'll put we'll do all the links in a second, Owen. Um, but in that book, he comes across as miserable, short tempered, yeah. and miserable. Is that the vibe that you got when you were researching this? I yeah, but the, the, I I think he said it himself that he's a man of extremes. So there was no sort of there was he was never he never stood mellow. If he was happy, he was the happiest guy in the room. And if he was difficult, he was the most difficult guy in the room. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, there are some stories of him being grumpy and difficult, and there's that unforgivable quote he gave in 74 where he said, oh, Paul's a fine bass player, but he's a bit overpowering, which, I mean, which doesn't read very well. And uh, But at the same time, like, I mean, this is a man who, who donates millions to charity. Yeah. He, you know, he helps Monty Python out of a out of a out of a hole and he finances Life of Brian, the most anyone's paid for a cinema ticket, as yeah. Eric Idle said. And I, I mean, yeah, he could be grumpy. He, he he strikes me as a, another celebrity. I mean, uh, like a bit like Dylan Moran, who's very committed to his art. But if you but if he doesn't but he does make it quite clear if he doesn't want to be somewhere, he, he's got to make that quite clear. <laughs> I've, yeah. shared, I've shared a car with Dylan Moran and he um, we, we had done a gig together and we were being driven back and he brought a big giant pizza and I thought, oh, we're all going to get pizza. Oh, no, 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 no. He did Dylan, not. Dylan had a pizza. That pizza did not get passed. <laughs> not, not one slice was offered to anyone else uh, in the car. The, the, for me, the biggest crime about George Harrison is the perm. The, the perm is yeah. the... What was... I'm not, well, I'm not expecting but, you to have the answer, Owen. But he always, what made, that he always made bold choices, didn't he? So Wasn't it? And Mimi would let him in the house because yeah. of his pink shirt. So oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think he gave a toss what anyone yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, as you say, he was fairly uh, far reaching and uncompromising in his views. Uh, I prefer the, the 1970 long flowing hair and the yep. big bushy beard. I yep. mean, he, he makes my hair and beard look paltry in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, uh, I, I think that's him at his most handsome and at his mo- and his most dapper, ironically, yeah. even though it's meant to be the opposite of all that. Uh, but I, I guess I guess he felt he couldn't look like that for the rest of his life, and yeah. he, so he tried some stuff out. And one of the one of them was the regrettable perm. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and the the teeth changes. I love that uh, that the documentary, the, the the living in the material world. Is that what it's called? I can't remember the the, the film. Yeah. And and there is there is there is one scene where he's got tombstones, uh-huh. and then the next scene his teeth yeah. are pristine, and um, he's obviously had a lovely little job there. What was the, is there one thing, Owen, that when you mm-hmm. were researching this book, you went, oh mm-hmm. shit, I didn't know that. Was it? Was, was there? What was the, the, the biggest surprise for you? That's a very uh, good question. I think the biggest surprise for me was that he he regularly he he didn't seem quite as hard on the Beatles as I thought he was. I mean, he was frequently quite positive. I mean, he, as early as seventy six, you know, he's he's watching clips of this boy and oh, and he's enjoying clip. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, he's 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 by seventy nine, he's saying that he loves Paul and he loves John and and he's. He goes from in '74. He seems to have no interest in the Beatles, and in '79 he seems to say, "Well, maybe we can get back together in the future." Or he's a lot more positive about the music, which he wasn't in the early '70s, or at least he didn't project it. So that 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 surprised me. And I think that was the surprise uh, of the Beatles fans when he did "When We Was Fab," which is a Beatles yeah. song yeah. basically, and the Beatles yeah. are in the you know, it's it's a wonderful homage to the uh, 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 to the Beatles. He is uh, he's. He's fascinating. He's fascinating. And I love the fact as well that I don't know if it's in the, the 20 years ago today, the Sergeant Pepper, or certainly in anthology, he's asked about songs. So um, what was what was it like playing on Taxman? Which album was that on again? He doesn't know the albums. No, but don't you remember when we spoke to Patty? They were just living from, from deal to deal. They uh, thought it was going to end yeah. tomorrow for, for a long time, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, but not knowing the albums is... Yeah. 
It is... means more to us than it did to them. That's the shocker. And that's, I guess yeah. that's that's it. He lived it, and I guess some some way. I, I've always said being a Beatle must have been traumatic. The insanity yeah. of it, the 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 heat of of that focus yeah. for for you know six seven eight years. Um, but he is it was weird. He didn't know the albums though. That's strange, right, Owen? Well, yeah, I think John Lennon similarly wouldn't know which album was on right. which. And, uh, yeah, sometimes Paul has, has slipped up on albums. Uh, I guess by Sgt. Pepper, they're they're much more focused. This is the album for this year. But yeah. before that, they were releasing two or three albums a year. Like in six, like it's hard for them to know if if, an, if a song is on Hard Day's Night or Stay for uh, Beatles for Sale. They were both at the same year. I, I've had the great pleasure, Owen, of interviewing Mickey Dolenz of the Monkees several times. And he always starts oh. off with saying, I don't remember anything, so good luck with this, you know. And you'll ask him about an episode or you'll ask him about a song. He goes, uh, let me phone up Andrew Sandoval because, you know, they, they, it was the 60s, man. There was, <laughs> they were there busy. Was, have you seen that clip that's been doing the rounds of that Monkeys um, biopic? Um, it's been on Twitter the last week, and it's, there's, it's, it's this wonderful but awful film about the Monkeys made by Rhino. And it's, you know, it's actors playing them. And they, the, the scene that's been doing the round is the monkeys meeting the Beatles a in party, a nightclub. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, and I'll, if you've not seen it, I'll tweet it to you. It's absolutely, uh, it, it, it's incredible. It reminded me of a bad waxworks museum. You know, you go, I think that's who that's supposed to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I, the I accents are crazy as well, aren't they? Yeah. Go on, uh, I'm sorry. I'd love to see it. You're going to get sent that uh, at some point yeah. uh, this evening, and also you, you, you reminded me we we have interviewed Patty Boyd yeah. once, and we had we were told firsthand what that first LSD trick yeah, was, was like with the dentist. I was thinking about that. That was insane. Right. Those innocent moments where they didn't know what was going on apparently turned into that mm. to to him obviously telling you know US audiences that they were dickheads for not understanding <laughs> what he was the greatness he was presenting to them. How did that happen? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I mean, he was a, he was quite a haughty chap, good old George. Oh, and if there's one song from the seventies that you think has been lost, George Harrison's song that that, you know, everyone who thinks that my sweet lord and you know what is life and all that, what is the one song you would send people towards saying you don't know this, but this is great. Uh, it's on the Dark Horse album, actually, called "So Sad," and it's about his breakup with Patty because it's such a it's such a raw song, and it's got this great melodic hook, and it, it's it's him basically cry, howling at the you know the 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 end of his marriage, and it's yeah. it's a, it's it's as personal as anything you're going to get with John Lennon. I mean, it's so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. I I, I do you know what? I don't want to put ideas mm. in your head. We need a really good Ringo book. You know, we need, <laughs> we need, we need, a, you know, like a, a Mark Lewison 500-page book about Ringo. Just don't expect him to sign any of them. <laughs> I met, I met Ringo. I interviewed no Ringo once. I interviewed him. It was the coolest thing I'd been on this morning, that morning, with Philip and Holly. And I was in Apple waiting to interview Ringo, and I, I was so nervous. And Ringo walked in, and he pointed at me and went... I know you. I saw you on the telly this morning. Oh, and we did the interview and I knew he wasn't, but I got out my copy of the Beatles double album. I said, Ringo, would you sign it? He went, come on, you know, I'm not going to sign that. I said, I know, but I had to ask. Did he at least give you a piece of love? Yeah. No he gave thanks. me a piece of love. But also this was like mm -hmm. 10 years before COVID. No handshakes, elbows. He was doing elbows before it was popular. Oh, you yeah. see. 
He's, he invented you see, it. he's leading the way. Oh, and where is right? So obviously, you, George Har- uh, George uh, Harrison in the nineteen seventies is a decades book. Yeah. Obviously, Amazon. Is there a place where mm. if they buy it from, you get more money? Uh, very good question. Yes. So Burning Shed is the main place. Burning Shed is a music website. I'm oh. sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yes. I love, but again, uh, I'm a big fan of XTC and Partridge, so I'm a, I'm at Burning Shed yes. all the time. Yeah. Right. Let- well. Having interviewed Partridge, I can tell you, like the man can talk. He's an interview's dream. Uh, yeah, he's 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 been. He invited me to his house once. I ended up staying for eight hours, yeah. and I look back, think, oh my god, he must have hated me. We went out. Here's here's the thing. We went out for a curry. Him and his wife, his partner, and we went out for a curry. And as we were leaving, he he said, oh shit, Terry Chambers is over there, who's one of XTC. Terry's over there. I don't want to fucking see him. Ian, could you sort of like, I had to shield, I had to walk in between Andy and Terry so that Terry wouldn't notice him in the curry house. It was nuts. Here we go. I have got the uh, the page. I'm going to post this link into the chat. Everybody. Oh, yeah. It's a great picture. I love one of those. It's a great picture on the cover. Everybody, um, you know, support. This is kind of fringy. Burning Shed is great. You know, this is kind of a fringy book. If you buy things like this, there's more chance of other things like this getting written. And it's, it's you know, it's helpful. And it's yes. great that we finally got something about this. Um, I'm going to post the links on, what do they call it? They call it Twitter, don't they? I, yeah, I believe they, we'll, some people call it that, yeah. We'll do that. The link's in the chat. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, sorry, George Harrison in the 1970s, go to burningshed.com. Type in George Harrison and it will pop up. If you have to get it from Amazon, do as long as it gets bought. But if the, but this Burning Shed supports the artists uh, in a much more mm. direct way than bloody those thieves. I'm going to get one for me and one for my dad. <laughs> it's thieves. What are you going to buy? You've sold two copies, Owen. Of course. Well, that's a, well, I'm a poor salesman. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> um, Owen, it's lovely to see you. I wish you the very best of luck with it. And thank you for doing it. Oh, what a, ta- what a time for your, your internet broke then. Sorry, what was that? Your internet is gone, but it's probably the best. Oh, you've just sold another one. Dave's bought one as well. Oh, the internet has died, which is the perfect time for us. So thank you. I said thank you for having me on. Um, I, I, I enjoyed your show, Steve. Thank you very much. I, I'm assuming he said he could have told us to fuck off at the end. There, we just don't. We just don't. That was his moment. <laughs> that was his moment. Owen, thank you very much, mate. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> oh, that was that was a nice guy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.